My next guest is originally from County Monaghan, but now resides in New York City. She started her career in fashion, assisting Catherine Condell, who was the in-house stylist at the time for Brown Thomas Dublin. Soon she found herself working at London Fashion Week alongside such designers as John Rasha and Paul Costello, to name but a few. Her itchy and very ambitious feet brought her to London, where she interned at Vogue, and the taste of that high-glam editorial propelled her to New York, where she eventually became the sittings editor at Cosmopolitan magazine, where she worked full-time for several years. I am, of course, talking about Orla Maguire, the founder and CEO of the beauty empire that is Lash Star Beauty. Lash Star Beauty is stocked in the most luxurious department stores in the world, such as Neiman Marcus, Blue Mercury, Saks, Fenwick's, Cloud 10 and QVC, to name but a few. Now, that is some successful journey that I had to know more about. I wanted to meet and get to know Orla Maguire. Orla, you are so very welcome to Go Do You and thank you for taking the time to chat to me this morning. The pleasure is all mine. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me on air. You're very welcome, Orla. I can't wait to get in. Are you ready? I sure am. (laughs) So, Orla, you grew up in County Monaghan, a beautiful part of the country. What were your interests growing up and what was life like in County Monaghan? You know, I was really interested in fashion at a very young age. So, you know, I I got a job, I think, when I was 12, working in a local hotel to start making some pocket money for myself so I could get to Dublin to do, you know, these shopping sprees as as often as I could. So I think, you know, I realised at a young age, what I'm looking for is not around me in County Monaghan. So how can I get bigger and better (laughs) things? So even at that age, you know, the big deal was to get to Dublin, to get shopping, to yeah. see what's in the stores, you know. Oh, I love it because it's all, it all happens in Dublin. Well, Cork as well now. Is there much fashion yeah. in County Monaghan? Not a whole lot. It's it's growing all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. fabulous boutiques, but not when I was young. Yeah, of so. course. And when did you realise, I suppose, but actually not when you realised, but what inspired you, do you think, initially for your love in fashion and to therefore study fashion design in the National College of Art and Design? You know, I used to see the magazines like at the time it was Image, It, You, all the magazines back then. And I I just was always, you know, fascinated with the photo shoots, how these, you know, stories came alive and the clothes and the model and every page looked more stunningly beautiful than the last page. So that was really my interest. I And I decided to do a degree in fashion to just have a background in fashion. You know, I always knew I wasn't going to be a designer per se, but I thought that would help catapult me into this world of fashion and, and runways and photo shoots and working with top models and photographers and makeup artists and going to exotic locations. Locations. So I kind of picked that as my goal and just kept my focus there. Well done you, because sometimes it's hard to be that wise when you're younger, isn't it? To go, OK, I'll need a fashion degree if I want to get into this area. It is hard. And as a mother of four who are in college and high school, you know, who some of them aren't so clear what they want to do. It's interesting to me because I I guess I was very lucky that I was just focused from a very young age and I had a dream, so to speak. Yes, I love that. We're going to talk about dreams in a minute, but landing a job in Brown Thomas more or less straight out of college was pretty impressive. How did that come about? And can you tell us a little bit about the opportunities maybe that came your way because of that first big role? 
Well, you know, I actually started in AWARE. So I was a sales associate on the floor in AWARE. And then um, I guess they were short staffed one time and moved me over to Brown Thomas. And then I thought, oh, this is where I'd rather work. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I used to see Catherine. Catherine Condell was the in-house stylist at the time. And she would be walking around the store gathering bits and pieces. And, and I didn't know what she was doing, really. You know, so yeah. I approached her and I said, um, could I ask you, you know, would you mind telling me what you're doing exactly? Because I watch you and you just look. I'm so excited by what you do when I see you picking out shoes and clothing and accessories. So she told me she was the stylist and she told me a little bit about the job. And I said that I would absolutely love to assist her if she ever needed anyone. So she took me on and uh, that kind of gave me a real taste of working behind the scenes, let's say, on photo shoots, runway shows for, you know, the little shows they do in store in Brown Thomas. At that point, Catherine would always be going to Tralee for the Rose of Tralee because Brown Thomas were sponsoring fashion shows down there. And oh, yeah. Then the opportunity to go to London with her came up. So I certainly wasn't going to turn that down. So yes. No way. Oh, my God. And so you once I got to London, you know. Yeah. You moved story. to London and you started interning at Vogue. Honestly, yeah. your story is like most girls dream life. <laughs> wow. Was it everything you imagined working in Vogue? It was. It was because, you know, now I was working with names that I was reading in magazines. You know, now I was reading Vogue and all of the European magazines and, you know, seeing the big names, whether it was Mary Greenwell, you know, all these amazing Nick Knight, all these amazing photographers working with Lucinda Chambers, who's the uh, fashion director of Vogue at the time. Working with, you know, oh, my God, the models, Kate Moss, all of the girls, Naomi Campbell, that were supermodels at that time. It was just one big buzz, you know. Oh, I love it. Very exciting. I'm very jealous of your life, Orla. (laughs) New York City started calling you. Was that a hard decision to make? And how did that move lead you to becoming the sittings editor at Cosmopolitan magazine? Well, I had my green card because like many of, you know, folks of my generation, we were able to apply for the Morrison or the Donnelly visa. And I had been successful in, in getting the visa. So I thought, you know what, let's go to New York, give it a shot, see what it's like. Of course, you know, now I had the taste of bigger, brighter lights, everything yeah. else. So I took the plunge and went to London and a few of my college friends were already there working at Donna Karen, Oscar de la Renta, different designers in New York. So I wasn't kind of going completely in the dark, let's say. So I landed there and just got stuck in and it was fantastic. And I really just then figured out, okay, to get into the world I want to get into over here, I have to start and I have to assist. And, you know, stylists have agents, so I need to get in touch with these agents to see how I can get to work with these great stylists. So I put a resume together, found, you know, a directory with all of these agencies listed and um, had some friends in photography there as well. So that was really helpful. Irish friends that had moved to New York a year or two ahead of me and I got in touch with several stylists and offered my services to assist anyone and then I really became a full-time busy busy assistant and I think my degree in fashion helped so much because you know we would be on a shoot we pretend we were on a shoot for Neiman Marcus and it was a menswear shoot I could hem the pants as quick as anyone you know I had the sewing skills the the fabric knowledge, the draping knowledge. I had all those skills that I became really busy. I was working seven days almost as an assistant because I was working with a a really good bunch of stylists. And, you know, there was always travel. There was always shoots. There was always TV commercials, music videos. So I just, you know, got to really immerse myself in it. And then I realized that 
I can assist and be on these great shoots or I can get into the editorial world, which was magazines. And that was ultimately what I wanted to do was be part of, you know, a whole team putting together a monthly magazine. So one of the ladies that I assisted was a freelance editor at Cosmopolitan magazine. So I assisted her a lot on the Cosmo shoots. And then really, you know, the Cosmo team got to know me. I think half of them thought I was on staff already. Yeah, so yeah. the fashion director then offered me a full-time position. So, of course, I took that without even... Yes, thinking. you were like, yes, yes, minute, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, that was just an incredible experience because once you are, let's say you have the backing of a magazine, it kind of elevates your whole everything. You know, now I'm you know, on location and I'm part of Cosmopolitan magazine. So people are always accommodating, you know, designers, clothing brands, accessory brands. Everybody, of course, wants their items featured on the pages of the magazine. So it was just it was really thrill every day to be again immersed in this world of everything and getting to travel to all over South America, shoots to Europe, you know, seeing just the most beautiful deserts, mountains, you know, all kinds of environments oh was just incredible. I love it. Um, so during your many years on sets, you noticed a niche in the market. Can you tell us how your upscale luxe line of Lash specific products, Lash Star Beauty, was born? So I ended up doing a lot of the beauty shoots. So I had been with the magazine for a while. And then, you know, I was the one that would go to the beauty shoots. And my role then almost became art directing because, you know, we're shooting, whether it's a smoky eye, different looks on the face. And there's not a lot of wardrobe or clothing or accessories in those. So I was very much working with the photographer, making sure that the brief I was given from the magazine, that we were able to, you know, perform that brief, that I was going to be going back to my editor in chief with the right images, whether it was, you know, a glossy lip, whatever the particular beauty story was at the time, the pressure was on me to make sure that we got the right angle. We had the right, you know, look, we had the right girl, the the photos were tight enough that everything was really going to come together for the beauty story. And really through that, I got to work with the world's top, you know, hairdressers, makeup artists, models, photographers. It was just thrilling. That was a really thrilling um, few years because you're in those conversations up close and personal, whether it's just the banter that's going on as the model's getting ready or whether it is the conversations on set. But really, to me, it was, you know, from weeks and months and years of being on these sets that I realized that, you know, once the lashes are done, the face really becomes alive. And you could see the instant confidence then in the model that once she was on set, she was able to kind of pose and just be really comfortable because she knew she looked gorgeous. And then the other conversations really were that, you know, the lashes were like an extension of your hair. So, you know, some issues that you might have with your hair are likely the same issues that you would have with your lashes. And at that time, false lashes existed, but they were, you know, they were chintzy looking. They weren't very elegant. They looked fake, you know, and then we'd have models who, you know, short lashes or straight lashes. And I could I could see the makeup artists sometimes struggling with the lashes. And at that point, I just realized, you know, there's no brand specifically focused on lashes. So I decided there's room for a lash focused brand. And I wanted to kind of bring everything to the brand, be it cosmetics, you know, with the best mascaras, eyeliners, things that really make the lashes stand out. Then tools, of course, because, you know, we do need some tools to style our lashes and then a line of, you know, elegant false lashes that would kind of just look like your own, but better. 
Yes. So the whole goal was to just bring a tightly curated line of products that would kind of put me in the position of being the lash authority, so to speak. I love so, it. The so queen really of lashes. Concept. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. The success you have had with your brand is unbelievable. I want to know what drives you, Orla. What was it that drove you when you were younger to first of all seek out and no doubt work extremely hard for these opportunities? And second of all, to keep saying yes and making the big moves and what continues to drive you now after achieving such unbelievable success thus far? Well, you know, I was very fortunate to grow up in a house where my parents pushed me. You know, they never kind of denied me wanting to do anything. They definitely were very encouraging. So so I think from a young age, that was that was the one thing because fear was never an issue for me. I just thought, well, of course I can do it, you know. So I I had a, a confidence in me as a young child, thankfully, from parents that really wanted to see me succeed. So that was the starting point. And then once I got to Dublin and London and started to travel a bit more, you realize that, you know, Ireland's fabulous. It's a very small place, but there's a whole other world out there. And now that I'd got a taste of it, I really wanted to kind of just keep going. Yes. And of course, at that point, you know, the bright lights of New York City was the ultimate place to to get to. And then it's like you kind of keep when you keep putting one foot in front of the other, you're you're further in it than you thought you were, you know, yeah. so it's it just becomes a natural progression almost. Of course, you do meet stumbling blocks and and roadblocks and whatnot. But I think, you know, my whole transition from London to New York and working in the magazine business to then starting, you know, the cosmetics brand, it just kind of became one step after another. And yeah, I think you go, you learn more and you you have a bigger goal. You know, I think that self-belief is so important, isn't it? Whether it be from your parents, your partner or your friends, you really need someone, don't you, in your corner telling you, you can do this, you can do it. Go, go for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there a particular person whose career inspires you, Orla, or someone you look up to to help you keep the fire in your belly alight, so to speak? (laughs) You know, I read a lot of books from different entrepreneurs, from different, um, you know, it's funny how things, one thing can lead to another. But even like, for example, James Clear, whose book Atomic Habits is really, you know, that was one thing that really resonated with me because I always thought motivation, if you've if you've motivation, you're good to go, if you're motivated to do it. But then I kind of realized that it's more to do with, you know, persistence and, and just having discipline in yourself. So we can all be motivated to get up and go to the gym. But, you know, that's today we're motivated. We may not be motivated tomorrow. So I really kind of made the, the realization that it is it's discipline and once you learn to discipline yourself you can make it happen you know yes so that that was the big game changer for me and Orla what was the biggest factor that helped you achieve your success do you think um having just resilience and and grit really you know I've had a lot of no's, you know, I've been bootstrapping the brand myself for many years. And, you know, I I think you just have to believe in yourself and just keep pushing forward because there will be naysayers. There will be people who who don't think you can do it, who think it's, you know, a crazy, ridiculous idea. But, you know, you learn to just kind of tune those people out as well, I suppose, and just go with your gut. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the reasons I started Go Do You was, of course, to chat to leaders in their field about their success. 
but also so we can discuss any challenges or obstacles that they have faced along the way in the hope that that then will indeed remind our listeners that we all face hurdles and it's about getting back up, dusting yourself off and keep going. Is there any obstacles or hurdles that you are happy to share that maybe you overcame and how you overcame them? Well, you know, starting in the business of manufacturing beauty products in lots of different countries across the world, I had no idea how any of it really took place. And even to have regulatory and compliancy, because, you know, it's a serious regulated business. So I think the thing for me was early on, to acknowledge to myself that there are things I don't know and I, you know, there's no point in trying to take on everything or I'm kind of just holding myself back because if I'm trying to manage every facet of it myself, it's it's kind of curbing my own creativity and my own vision for the brand. So I think for me, just to realise at an early stage, bring in people, bring on people that can help. Don't be afraid to admit that, you know, the things you don't know. Yeah. Um, so so that was a game changer. And I do I have a very small team and we all do wear multiple hats. And definitely as the years have gone on, there's aspects of the business that I knew zilch zero about at the beginning. Product development. I've never developed a product in my life. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, yeah. you know, I go to trade shows. I go to Cosmoprof, which is the big um, makeup industry show in Hong Kong. It's in Italy as well and also Las Vegas. And to sit having the conversations with the manufacturers, I just thrive off it because now I'm very adept at, you know, speaking the lingo and knowing the ingredients and, and all of those things. So you surprise yourself along the way. You really yeah. Do. And it's good to know, OK, this is my strength and this is my weakness. And there's no point fooling anyone. I can't do this bit. I need help in this bit or this department. I think we all need a bit of that. Exactly. Absolutely. And, like, know, and that's that's why I say my team were wearing multi multiple hats but everyone's extremely talented yeah good, yeah it's a good crew I, I love it Orla what is the best advice you could give to someone today who is struggling to believe that they too can follow their dream career and make it happen I think the biggest advice I would give to anyone is just stick with it you know you've got to really have grit because there's just so many days where you wake up and say is it worth it what am I doing and it's easy to bow out but you really have to have the grit and the determination to just push ahead and you know from a lot of things I read as well it's like people quit when they're almost at the finish line and that and that's the biggest oh, yeah. catastrophe you know that you're almost about to break through and people just burn out or they quit or they just can't keep the determination going so it really is you have to be in it for the long game and you know as I always say the rainbow comes after the shower Yes, I love that. And very true. If yeah. you could start all over again, Orla, what, if anything, would you do differently? I think maybe I would bring on a financial partner at the beginning. You know, I've had friends that have started brands and gone that route. And whereas for me, I decided to just kind of do it 100 percent myself. Um, like I mentioned earlier, just keep bootstrapping it. But you do you face a lot of hurdles because in this day and age, everything boils down to marketing. You know, the the landscape of consumer patterns for shopping has changed. You know, we're shopping online more than ever. And as a brand in a very crowded space, which is cosmetics and my hero product is our mascara. And, you know, that's a tough one because women are very loyal to their mascara. It's almost harder to convert a mascara user than it is to acquire a new one. So I think that um, that's that's the interesting thing that it's just you got to have that grit and 
you know, if if I had funding at the beginning and had that marketing dollar, that's yes. where I sometimes think that's where I would have done it differently because you can kind of pr- propel yourself a little faster when you have funding, of course. But, you know, I'm going the organic way and it's proven good for me. I'm omni-channel, which is pretty amazing. And I do meet other founders and they say to me, my goodness, you know, you're in these amazing stores. How did you get there? And I never really even had to go chasing the stores once I launched the brand. And because my, um, you know, my unique point was that we were lash focused, you know, Blue Mercury had approached me to take the brand in store. Then Bloomingdale's did also. So at that point, I did take on a sales guy. And that was kind of the really, you know, the lucky part for me, I suppose. It and, wasn't um, luck, Orla. It was hard work. Well, well hard done work. you. Oh, well, my God. You. Stories like that and approaching then, you is just out of this world. And it's down to your product, obviously, just speaking for itself. Well, thank you. And I have the luxury of being omni-channel because, you know, it's all fine and well to be in retail brick and mortar and have that online presence as well. But to have kind of the, the third option, which is the TV network, you know, QVC, the home shopping channel. And I am fortunate that I get to go to London and Milan every couple of months to go on air in both of those countries. And so, you know, to round out the brand like that, where you can really just demonstrate your product to a whole country of viewers, you know, that that's a nice that's thing to add to the mix. And yeah. if our listeners want to buy some of your products today, your website is lashstarbeauty.com but actually that's you know I'm in New York so the brand is in New York in Ireland we are on zolobeauty.com and also on cloud10 cloud10beauty.com I love it Orla I don't want to keep you too much longer but I just want to know if you would agree that dreams evolve as we walk through life absolutely they really do because I think once you start to see positive and and things happening you you inevitably start to dream bigger you know so you don't know what you don't know but once you start to know then you realize you can just keep reaching for the stars oh i love it orla thank you so much for being a guest on go do you it was an absolute pleasure talking to you and best of luck i have no doubt you will continue to shine thank you so much amy jane it was a pleasure for me too yay thank you thank you 